1: It is episode 106 of the Say Hey Podcast. I am Doug Hayes. It is July 24th, 2023. Happy birthday to the greatest of all time, Barry Bonds. Before I bring in our guest, Say Hey Rob. What's up, brother? How are you doing?
0: What's up, man? Yeah, I forgot. It's it's Barry's birthday. Wow. Um, it is.
1: 59.
0: Can he still play left field? That's my only question right now.
1: I don't care about him playing in the field. <laughs> can he still hit the ball in the water, which I'm sure he could. So. Yeah. He could, he could. He's he's gonna be part of that uh,
0: old timers uh, home run derby that they're talking about doing in, in a couple of years at the All Star game. That'd be so sweet.
1: hell yeah, I'm in. That'd be sweet. Hey, well, uh, we are joined by Taylor Worth of um, NBC Sports Bay Area. I can't talk out of the out of the gate here. I'm sorry, <laughs> Taylor's joined us for the second time here on the Say Hey podcast. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at WorthTM. That's W I R T H T M. Taylor, welcome back, man. How's it going?
2: Taylor good I'm doing good the Giants not so much so we got we got a lot to get into
1: we do and you're in a much better mood this time and it's because Rob's on (laughs) and I remember hey hey, we always throw each other on the bus here so I'm gonna do it I remember when uh Taylor came on with me last time I think it was like it might have been the 2021 season and um But he came on. He was like, "Where's Rob?" And I'm like, "Oh, he had to like work to that." Whatever he goes, "Oh man!" And I'm like, "Well, thanks. I feel like you're super excited to hang out with me tonight, so it's all good." Yeah,
2: vibes are high now, so let's get into it. Let's go.
1: (laughs) No, it's all good. We're we're happy to have you. I know you've been busy, and I know it's a busy time in baseball right now with the trade deadline just eight days away. You know, we're recording this on Monday, and it's next Tuesday. So, um, the streakiest team I've ever known. This 2023 San Francisco Giants coming off that seven-game winning streak that ended last week, and they haven't won since. Six losses in a row. Um, Taylor, just overall, real quick, like, thoughts, like, what the hell is going on with this team now?
2: Yeah, they're kind of in a weird spot where the, there's a, a spot in the, the batting order that is just absolutely horrendous right now. And there's they can't do anything about it. They're kind of just stuck because – if they're starting pitching struggles, they can't call up Kyle Harrison right now. That he can't, you can't have that savior from AAA. If the bottom of the lineup is struggling, you who are you going to call up? You know, at shortstop, other than potentially Marco Luciano, but that's a big deal. So it's they kind of just have to ride with the guys that they got with that they have until like a Tyro Estrada comes back, or they keep talking about Brandon Crawford, but he's hitting a buck forties. Like, what's he going to do? Mm -mm. so i don't know they're kind of just until the trade deadline until they get a couple guys back it's just trying to survive injuries and guys sucking to put it lightly at the plate so i don't know they're just kind of in a rut and there isn't much of a a light at the end of the tunnel right now
0: i feel like when you got to write out the rookie struggles of casey schmidt and a guy like brett wisely and like, yeah, they're, they're struggling. They're sucking. I and mean, you got people going, these guys aren't major league hitters. Why are they out there? Well, what do you want them to do right now? I mean, there's really nobody else. Like last year they called up or they called, they made that trade with the Cubs, like right before the game for Dixon Machado and he like ran right over to the dugout. And <laughs> like, Remember that? And it's like, I, I'm, I personally, I'm, I'm glad the giants aren't doing stuff like that this year. There hasn't been any Stuart Fairchilds, you know, Mike mm-hmm. Fords and guys like that coming in. No, I mean, you know they're they're not struggling because Schmidt wisely, Luis Matos, Patrick Bailey's slumping a little bit now. I mean you you don't expect those guys to carry you offensively. It's your Conforto's. It's your mm-hmm. it's your Austin Slater's when he when he plays. It's your Jock Peterson's a guy. You know Wilmer Flores when he plays. You know you need the veterans to carry you through this rough patch. Mike Strzemske he's been really struggling last last week, but that and... You have two reliable starters right now, so the pitching's not going to be able to carry you through this. Outside of your Logan Webb start, and <laughs> and he just got blown up the, the other day, so just right there, you are like, oh shit, man! The, this losing streak could actually
1: carry on. And minutes, Cobb, and though. Cobb's yeah. last outing was rough too. I mean, yeah. it's, it was yeah. two guys, and they both struggled.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, for Webb, I think everyone knows that that's that's a fluke. That obviously he's not going, yeah. he's not going to keep struggling. Uh, I feel pretty good about saying Alex Cobb is not going to keep he's. Pretty reliable, um, but three through five, it's like you, you don't know what you're getting from anyone. Whether it, whether you're even getting a normal start, like you could get two bullpen games. So, uh, I I do feel a little bit more optimistic about Ross Stripling, um, especially lately. But it's the thing is they touted their bullpen depth before, or not their bullpen depth, their starting rotation, the rotation. for the season. Like, that was the one thing they talked about. And on paper, they had nice depth. But now it's just you have a lot of depth, but it's really crappy depth. And it's just, like, you just I, – I feel like they got to trim the fat a little bit and get rid of a couple guys and just redefine some roles. And, like, it, it's just a, a mess of just mediocre underperforming arms.
1: You know, I was i was listening, like I said, before he came on and recorded – I was actually listening to Giants talk with Alex Pavlovich and Cole Kuyper earlier, and they were talking about how over the last couple of years, they've found extra value in the guys that they didn't expect to be that good. You know, 2021 Di Sclafani, Rodon last year was healthy all year and was really good. Like, does this year kind of balance out with... Hey, Manaya, his role's been all over the place, and he's been up and down and stripling overall. Like you said, his last couple outings have been better, but overall it's been a bad year. And those guys both have you know, options for next year and very good chance they're back. So it's like, do the Giants just cut the bait, like you're saying, cut money and say, hey, we'll pay you not to be here so we can fill your spot with someone more productive and reliable?
2: I think for – to me – I've seen nothing that would lead me to believe Sean Minaya needs to be here, whether it's in the bullpen or starting rotation. It's just for, there was a time where he got a little better in the bullpen, but it's just, he's not doing anything that great. Um, like I said, I think Stripling, I would wait mm-hmm. a little bit longer and their evaluation of D Scalfani as a player. I like D Um I think he's as talented as what his 21 season showed, but, like he said before the break, like he was fatigued, and he kind of pointed to last year how he missed pretty much the entire season, and as a reason why he might not be built up. Um, so I, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the benefit of the doubt there, but I just, I, I think there's like few guys that I would leave. Obviously, Webb Cobb, Scafani. I'm okay with Stripling right now. I think Alex Wood. I like Alex Wood in the bullpen. I. To me, he just feels like a bullpen arm, like a long relief guy, um, like a Drew Pomeranz. But I don't know. I don't. I, it's card. Like you don't want to just cut bait with a guy like Sean Maniah, who has a proven track record and has been an ace for years. But like he's not giving you anything, and it's just it's at the point where he's a veteran and like he's earned a spot. So like you have to keep giving it to him. But mm-hmm. it's just he's just blocking like a guy like Keaton Wynn or, you know, maybe mm-hmm. down the road to uh, uh, Kyle Harrison. So he's just – his veteran presence just being there kind of just eats up a spot that could be used for someone better.
1: Yeah, I yeah. think especially – I'm um, sorry. Go ahead, Rob.
0: No, no. Um, no, just just to kind of pile on that a little bit, um, Manaya you know, the way the way he finished last year – I mean, last year was his first really down year, and it's kind of just kind of tapered into this year. Ross Stripling. You know he's he's had a, you know more of a consistent track record the last you know you know six seven years whether it's coming out of the bullpen or spot starting for the for the Dodgers and the Blue Jays over the years he's always kind of been the same guy and we've kind of seen that his last couple starts where eh, it's five six innings, give up three hey that's okay you know mm-hmm. that's that should be okay right now it's not because the Giants getting hit like once they got down by two runs a day you kind of knew it was over and that's just kind of the trend it's been but yeah I I I, I totally totally agree like you gotta right out stripling right right now for sure because he's he's the one guy in the back right now that's kind of kind of showing signs of getting back to form
2: yeah
1: yeah you know uh so talking about getting a third guy that can kind of be relied upon why not get Shohei Otani no I'm you know I I feel like we should just talk about him real quick and not even from a Giants perspective but yeah. from like a Major League Baseball perspective because I mean, let's be real. Do any of the three of us think that the Giants are gonna make a move for Otani to come here at this deadline? I don't. Go ahead, Rob.
0: Oh okay. <laughs> I I Taylor's gonna surprise us here. <laughs> i I'd say I, I I don't I don't think so, but their you know their desire to bring in to bring in Judge and Cray in the offseason, it makes me think a little bit back in my mind, huh, maybe maybe they got something brewing, but I would say no, but yeah. I. I...
2: I think they'll kick the tires on it, but I don't think that they, they have, have to. to of yeah. course,
0: of course. Yeah. That's a nice, nice
2: callback to a, a different GM. Yes. Back to the <laughs> Sabian days. Um, I I think they would be foolish not to pursue it um, just because it's Shohei Otani. And if, if you can get him and get that two-month head start on trying to convince him to stay. Mm-hmm. Also, for your current season, with, with, with your current playoff push, but I – with some of the packages that have been proposed, I I think people are overestimating it a little bit. I don't think it's going to cost the sun, moon, and the stars. I, I think it's going to be probably more in line with, like... I, I think the max I would imagine for Otani is more like a Juan Soto deal, which is still really heavy. But maybe someone proposed the other day that a good comp for, like, an Otani trade would be, like the Dodgers trade for Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, each as a player. Like I, I think Scherzer and Otani are pretty similar, but Otani's obviously a better player than Turner was. But I think that's a, a decent kind of comp for this player. The Dodgers gave up their two top prospects, uh, a middle-tier prospect and then some lower-tier prospect. And I think if that was the case, I think I would do that. But there is a line where it's like, okay – I'm giving up too much. I don't, I'm, I might be uncomfortable with that.
0: Yeah. I think with uh, like, like you said, giving him like that two month window to talk to him and try to convince him to stay like, yeah, that, 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 that's endearing for for sure. But I, from, I think from our standpoint, you know, Taylor, you know more than Doug and I, but you know, from like my Doug standpoint being on the outside, we're like, Man, like, even if you give these guys two months to talk to him, like, wh- wh- why, why would we believe that they're going to be able to convince him to stay here long, long term? And like I said before, I know they want to. I know it's in it's in their heads, and they're kind of sick of, be- of being uh, betas, so to speak. You know, they, you know, they, they try, they tried that last offseason. I'll, yeah. I'll 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 give them that. So I know, I know they want to, but, but yeah, there's the, there, there's a certain point where it's like, dude, do we want to really, you know, pull all of our crops, you know, for this for for possibly just two months of best player of the game mind you but yeah. s- still i don't know
2: yeah it's tough because like there's a scenario where you tr- you trade you know a lot for him and you get him and it- in that case it's great like you re-sign him and then it's worth it but then there's a-, a scenario where you know you trade him and you give up a ton and he says you know sayonara in two, mo- two-, two months or so but <sighs> I don't know. I I think they're at a point where they need and want that guy so bad, and they've been, you know, the bridesmaid for so many years in a row that I think, in a way, I don't want to say their judgment's going to be swayed, but I think they're probably going to do whatever they possibly can to try and get some guy. So, you know, I, I would imagine them to be in pretty heavy, but you know, I think they're smart enough to have a line where they probably won't cross.
1: Yeah, I can, I can see that happening. I just, you know, yeah, especially with the caliber of game that Otani brings on both sides of the ball, you know, um, it's, it's gotta be something you pursue 100%. I get that. And Rob and I are very vocal on here. We are all for prospects are meant to be dealt, you know, <laughs> like you because you never know how they're going to pan out, and no. uh, I, when's the last time uh, a for sure fire uh, prospect has come through the system and has like really been like great? I mean, the closest thing we've had, I feel like, in recent memory, is Patrick Bailey right now. Um, other than that, I mean, it's we've seen guys struggle or they've got there and they've become four A players, but just in regards to Otani. Um, I feel like if you do pull the trigger on this, and he somehow ends up here, first of all, I think all of us would go, "Oh shit!" Like yeah. this happened. Yeah. And then, secondly, it's like over the next two plus months, if, like you said, you get that two month uh, head start on negotiating terms with him, it, and unless he's like, "Hey, I don't even want to hear anything right now. I want to get to the market," which I, I would totally understand from a business perspective. Like he's gonna want he's gonna want everybody. That there's which may be a smaller amount, anyways. It may be five, six teams that are really in on him in the offseason, but it drives up the price. But it's like, hey, we got you here. We'll give you an astronomical number that nobody's even talking about. We're going to give you, you know, an 11th year and we'll give you 700 million right now. Sign right here. It's like, <laughs> well, but, but in the, at the end of the day, with a, with a player like Otani, it's like, shit, maybe that's worth it.
2: Yeah, I, I, I think, like, the two-month head start would be more towards – it would be more towards, like, vibes. like Because there he's not going to want a talk contract. So you're basically yeah. just putting your best foot forward and, like, showing him, you know, giving him a cup of coffee of what it's like to play in San Francisco. But the yep. thing with Otani is, like, the teams that I think should be the heaviest in pursuit of him are, like, those East Coast teams. The teams who – if his – desire is to play on the west coast and that's true Then a team like the yankee oh they're pretty terrible now uh, but like one of those teams like, <laughs> one of those teams that maybe like the braves or someone on the east coast or central oh, that's doing well that you know if it's true he doesn't want to play there you should go trade for him give up all his prospects and try and convince him because you're already at a disadvantage if that's true so i would like I don't I don't know if I'd like to see it but I think it makes sense if one of those teams that you know isn't the Dodgers, Giants, Padres makes a move for a guy like that but
1: I mean I think we, Seattle's going to go after him hard in the offseason too.
2: I think I that's really true. Do. Yeah, like and I think he likes Seattle and I think mm-hmm. Seattle definitely would like to have him but is there anything is there any truth to the fact that he might not want to follow the Ichiro legacy like he might want to have hmm. his own thing like to That's me, possible. Yeah, like, I don't know if he wants to go there and because he'd be in Ichiro Shadows. Like, Ichiro, no matter how great Otani is, I think Ichiro still will supersede that. Yeah, but if he goes to the Yankees, you know, he's got to try to follow
0: Hideki Matsui, and we all know how that goes.
2: Yeah, Giants <laughs> haven't had, I mean, <laughs> when was the last time the Giants had? Uh, a Japanese player? Uh, are you serious, OG? Shinjo? Shinjo, bro. Oh, well, no, on. but I mean, like, like, like since then, like it's been a long time, and like uh. Nori, Aoki? Nori Aoki, yeah. So you know, like, uh. Giants are out too now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's talk about this this Giants team, obviously, right now, and and I kind of wanted to just do a little comparison between last year and this year. Last year, obviously, had team finished eighty one and eighty one, missed the playoffs after one hundred seven win season in 2021 so last year um entering july because july was rough last year and july has been rough this year so far for the giants despite that you know seven game winning streak and i'm obviously we're a little in the moment but um they were 40 and 34 entering july last year and through 101 games which they are right now they were 50 and 51 right now They entered July this season, 2023, with a 46 and 36 record, and they're currently 54 and 47. So they are a few games better still than they were last year. Um, And just kind of tying in how we think uh, Farhan and Pete Patel are going to approach this deadline. Is it going to be similar? Is it going to be different than what they did last year? Because to me, like the current team that they have right now, I think. I don't know if many would argue like this seems better than it was a year ago. And to me, it's especially the bullpen, even though like, what is a bullpen anymore at this organization, but overall the bullpen pieces and you have, you know, the national league saves leader, all-star Camilo Devall, that helps. And I think overall the offense is a little better rotation. You know, last year you had three good guys, Webb, Rodon and Cobb this year. It's just Webb and Cobb. And then the rest is to be desired. So, what are the Giants doing this deadline? Are they doing the usual buy-sell? Are they going to be aggressive like Farhan says they would? Because he thinks that they're a playoff team right now, per his interview with Tolbert and Copes last week.
2: Yeah, so. I I think that's kind of like I, – I think he has to say that just because you have to instill confidence in, in your team. and yeah. um, But, I, I mean, I, they're definitely going to be buyers. I, I think, like, they're no question. They're in, they're in possession of a wild card spot. Obviously, they're going to buy. So, like, I I think what's become clear the past week is that they can't be fringe buyers. They can't add depth. They can't get a rotation like a um, a platoon guy. I think they they got to make some significant moves. Um, someone wrote an article. It was well depends on how you, how you think of Jim Bowden, but Jim wrote, but Jim Bowden wrote an article. He's like. The Giants are are in the market for a serious middle infield pro, middle infield player and a serious arm in the rotation. Like they're going to go big. Um take that for what it's worth, but like I think that's probably pretty true. Farhan said that like they're not going to add more depth to the back end of the rotation cuz they have enough, you know, depth already, albeit it's mm-hmm. crappy depth, sure. but I think they're I I do think they're probably going to target a top end starter which seems to be in line with that Justin Verlander rumor. I think that makes sense to a degree. And then I think they're probably going to target a starter up the middle. Um, And one guy who I kind of like, but isn't having a great season is Tim Anderson, Mm -hmm. which like people have talked about it. And part of me is like, oh, but we can fix him. Like it's, it's Tim Anderson. Yeah. But I think that I think they're definitely going to add two, probably some decent names um, here at the deadline, and I think they have to because like they're pretty much stuck with either injuries or players who are playing really bad. So I think it's kind of forced their hand.
0: Man, if if the Giants get Tim Anderson, Doug will be in, uh, <laughs> un- unbearable, obnoxious, unbearable, obnoxious. You got gotta you have to mute Doug on everything. But, yeah, if, but no, I, yeah, I I agree. Like we, your two middle infield pieces are Brandon Crawford and Tyler Estrada who are both hurt right now and you see what the you know what the alternative is you know with Schmidt and and wisely yeah you got to go out and do and do something and make a significant move you know up there my my, my question would be you know what you know does does Crawford hit the bench if they get a Tim Anderson does Estrada move around like that's that's going to be the the question if that happens but Yeah, i'm i'm kind of more in the in in the camp where you know i wouldn't be upset if they went out and got just focused on getting two more starting arms right now just because i i don't know if there's enough out there on on the market besides like a like a luis robert maybe he could come in and you know you know be in the middle of of that lineup you know pull i don't maybe some type of blockbuster trade with the white Sox where you get like g Leto and uh
1: and Rob, Anderson
2: and, and Robert?
0: Robert? No, not, not, all of them. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, like yeah, like that, like that Marlins Dodgers trade in twelve with Hanley and Beckett. And everybody, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> but, you know, there there is one player who um, can help in pitching and offense. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, no. They no, just drafted no him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they got two. They got two of them, Taylor. Yeah. They already got still, two of them. they will have three. So
1: Reggie Crawford's already in Eugene. Just pull them all the way up. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'm, I'm not. I'm just. I'm not convinced that there's enough out there to really, you know, save the lineup. You know, the way it's it's constructed right now. Even when healthy, it's like, mm-hmm. God, is J D Davis really going to be hitting third in a playoff game? Is Michael Conforto <laughs> going to be hitting fourth and So my my thinking is go out and get two more you know, you know, you know above average starters. Throw them in your rotation and almost you almost go in every game expecting to try to win those games three to two, four to three, and that way that you know you give Kepler and these guys enough uh, confidence in the pitching to be like okay, well we can you know platoon these guys throughout the game, we can make those line changes and because. We're confident that our our starters and, and our and our bullpen can hold up in a, and this is all hypothetical because this is all in a, in a potential playoff series, and that's what I'm I'm kind of aiming at. You want all these pitchers in in the you know in the playoff series, you know, with your strong bullpen backing them up. So I just I just don't I don't know if there's enough bats out there to really alter this lineup significantly. Besides like Robert Notani and I don't know.
2: Yeah, I, like I think the same goes for pitching like teams that will have like the one that comes to mind is like Shane Bieber who has been thrown out in rumors, but like the Guardians are in the playoff race, right? Like they were at one point they were just leading their division. So it's like they're yeah. probably not going to be trading him. Yeah. So be- I mean, that's kind of because of the third wild card. So many teams are in contention at the deadline. They, they're they not at a point where they're ready to sell. So uh, is that's why the thing, that's why the, Rumor with Verlander made sense because the Mets are, you know, they're they're probably out of it at this point. Um, even though their record might not say that, but like a guy like that who's like a big name, but who's on a team who's, you know, all but Steve Cohen's pretty much said they're they're gonna sell. So it, it's tough because like it's just there's not a lot of obvious answers, which you know. Mm-hmm. It, Come trade deadli- trade deadline day. I'm sure there's going to be some surprise move where it's like, oh, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, to your point, like there's, there's just no one super obvious right now, so it's hard to predict mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, big picture, you know, you look at Farhan's tenure ever since he arrived in San Francisco, and even before that, with you know Bobby Evans and Brian Sabian, like the Giants historically do not sell and regardless of where they're at they will either stand pat or they can you know farhan's kind of famous last few years for doing a little buy sell but uh not enough to say hey we're we're waving the white flag on this season i mean last year too i mean they they traded rough and got uh jd davis which ended up being a great move Such a great trip. um yeah yeah <laughs> but but again it's not like a uh, blockbuster move that's going to really set the franchise for moving forward. But mm-hmm. I mean, talking because I'm with you, I, I feel like the Giants are going to have to not only buy, but like be significant. And like, are the thoughts of uh, swinging and missing a couple times on big names in the off season? And also this is Farhan Zaidi's last guaranteed year. We don't know what's going on in the front office. We don't know if there's already an extension in place for him to return I would I would be shocked if he's gone next year, mm-hmm. but um, because this is his last guaranteed year, like is there pressure mm-hmm. from ownership on Farhan Zaidi and Tula to come through now, or is it you know Hey, we made we we talk about this a lot. We profited seventy two million dollars last year. Just keep doing what we're doing. We're still getting money.
2: I would say that there's a little bit of pressure. I, I think. Like I, I would, like you said, I would be surprised if Farhan's gone. Um, he's bought himself some goodwill. I, I hate talking about it and bringing it up, but the 107 win season was pretty significant. Bought yeah. um, time. I've said he, that before. Yeah, and he's proven like even this season, like they're playing horribly right now, but they've had some really crazy stretches where they look unstoppable. And like you look at the roster, and it's not that impressive. So they they've proven they can do a lot with. Not a ton. So I think that's why he, you know, there's a little bit of pressure just because it's like, okay, we need, we're, we're winning a little bit, but we need those big names. And they haven't landed any, except, I mean, I'll give them credit for Carlos Correa. They landed Carlos Correa, but, you know, I, I think there's, I, I think they've proven enough that they have a, a winning formula, um, you know, the, they need the meat in the lineup and you know the, those big names to kind of round it out and be world series contenders but right. they've proven they can be a playoff team like with you know an okay roster so i think just that being you know pretty possible year in and year out mm-hmm. i think like you said you mentioned the bottom line every single year they'll compete for a playoff spot that's why i think there's not a ton of pressure right now
0: yeah and With with ownership, it's like we're saving money and we're putting Mm -hmm. together a competitive team year in year out. Like we're we're gonna we're gonna be in it worst case scenario until probably the last week of September.
2: Yeah.
0: So yeah, I mean, as I mean, I hate thinking like that because you know we're all we're all fuck you win a World Series. That's all we want, you know. But from ownership standpoint, it's like, well, damn, if we can do this, and then maybe we catch lightning in a bottle here, get in the playoffs, and who knows, maybe Mm -hmm. we'll win one that way. So yeah. uh, Farhan's definitely definitely safe. J- just because he's do he's doing it right now with, with with so little, and he's keeping the Giants relevant.
2: Yeah, yeah, big Farhan guy over here. I, I like Farhan, and even though not a lot of people do, but I he's proven that he can you know he can he can squeeze some production out of some you know less than impressive names, and he's made some nice moves. So so far, I'm a Farhan guy.
1: Yeah, I think overall I have been, but it's at the end of the day, it's like, I really just want, I, we were so spoiled 10 years ago with the little run that the giants went through and, and trust me, I understand that it can't be 107 wins or a world series, win. Uh, you know, prayed every freaking year. I get that. I totally get that. But um, I just, even though I, I know this sounds stupid and, you know, I, I'm kind of contradicting myself here, but Like the teams that spend the money, even though like if they're not the Mets this year have been maybe the biggest disappointment in baseball. But the the way the Dodgers do it with how they draft, how they develop, how they spend money, they do it all. And then you look at someone else like Mm -hmm. the Braves, who develop well, they draft, they'll trade, but then they sign guys early and it works. Mm -hmm. And those are two teams, whether we like it or not, that have won championships in recent years asterisk in 20 but <laughs> you know but it's are the giants just going to continue it you know say the giants have missed the playoffs this year we're all disappointed are we just going to run it back again with the same formula next year especially if they do extend far zaidi it's it's a big question mark i feel like we keep going into the offseason like well this is the year that's going to tell everything well this is the year that's going to tell everything i i I don't know the identity of this organization. And we've, Rob and I have been hammering this for a couple of years.
2: Yeah, I I would say that to me, everything kind of hinges on the farm system. Um, After the World Series years, the farm system before he took over was pretty barren. Uh, You know, there were maybe a few names that were intriguing, but it was in rough shape. And you can't go out. You can't sign big names and attract big names if there aren't homegrown players who are, you know, interesting enough for those players to sign and join. You can't go and trade for big names if you don't have a farm system. You can't keep replenishing your roster like the Dodgers do year in and year out if you don't. So it's just like, I think there was a few years where he just, the Giants needed to just stock up their farm system and to just ride it out for a few years. And I think we're now at the point where, the farm system looks pretty nice. Um, you know, I have my concerns, but like for the most part, I think they have depth to where they can go out and trade for a big name. They can, they they have guys coming up who free agents would like to play with, like a Patrick Bailey or, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe eventually a Kyle Harrison or whoever else. But so I think we're now at the point where the farm system can supplement both, you know, the trade market and the free agent market. You're finally getting homegrown guys up. And so I think now the next year is going to be really critical because I think now they're at the point where they can start to flex their muscles a little bit in terms of spending, trading. So we'll see. But I, I do think the first few years it was just like they were kind of hamstrung because like they don't have any exciting homegrown players. They can't trade for anyone big. So it's like they were you know competing on the fringes and adding that way. So I think we're now at the point where we can maybe see – you know, so, some big steps here, hopefully.
0: You know, I'll never forget when uh, Clayton Kershaw said after the, uh, you know, Astros championship and uh, the COVID season that, yeah, we've had it all for three, four years now. But getting Mookie Betts made all the difference. Mm-hmm. He's like, he was he, the one. Yeah. He was. He, that's what he said. He they that that completed the team and, you know, they got it done, kind of. But, but whoa, whoa, when you hear that from a guy like Kershaw, it's like, damn, man, like. The, Gi- the giants need—they need that Mookie Betts. So, you know, yeah. at, some, at some point you're, you're going to have to, you know, and like you, like, like you said, Taylor, they they did landcroft calls Korea. They did. Well, that worked out? Who the hell knows? Yeah. But but yeah, they're still kind of got got to have that guy to kind of round it out and gel all those young pieces together, and you know, get everybody actually believing. Oh shit! Well, we well we got that guy now. We're,
2: we're for real. We're for real now. So what's encouraging though? Like like you said with Korea, like. They they, they landed him. I mean, obviously they didn't officially land him, but like they he convinced they, they convinced him to come here. Whereas like years and years and years, they were striking out, striking out, striking out. So at least like we know they can do it. Like guys, do want to play here. Um, it may not be a ton, but like there are stars that will want to play here. So we'll see if they can uh, convince another one for the second year in a row.
1: It's important you bring that up because Rob and I have talked about this before. It's not just about having the performance of a star on the field and how they affect the win and loss column and the stats. It's about having a, a big name here that can attract other free agents who want to come to play with him. You know, that's, that's the thing about Carlos Correa. That's a big piece that not a lot of people talk about but that we were pretty excited about because, hey, you know, be, believe it or not, The whole Houston Astros thing in the last five, six years with the cheating and all that, like a lot of guys are vocal about we like Carlos Correa and we like to play with Carlos Correa. And that could have been a huge impact with the Giants over the next couple of seasons in, hey, well, we brought in this starting pitcher and this outfielder because they like like the Bay Area. They like playing at Oracle Park, but also they like playing with Carlos Correa. Mm -hmm. And like there's no attractive – At least to me, and I think probably the average fan, there's no attractive pieces um, on this team right now. It's like, oh, I, you know what? I want to go play with Wilmer Flores. And and trust me, I'm sure Wilmer Flores is like, he seems like probably the nicest guy on the whole team. And and he's the only guy that's actually playing right now with a bat. Um, But it's just, it goes back to my point of if you're going to buy, freaking buy and like we said we are all about trade the prospects you don't know what you're going to get with those prospects um you really don't because there are guys we, the giants and you know this taylor the giants have had guys through the years todd linden john bowker gary brown who have put up just crazy stupid numbers in the system and then they get up there and it's like well yeah they don't pan out so their currency spend them
2: yeah i i It comes back to when we're talking about like Otani trade and this isn't about Otani, but a big trade like that, you see a lot of the top guys, Kyle Harris and Marco Luciano included in hypothetical packages. To me, I'm not super high on Marco Luciano. I've soured on him a little bit lately. And although he's playing well in triple a ish, but as a prospect, I'm not like long-term. I don't, love him. And so if he, if right now he has a lot of clout around his name that can, you can use in a trade package, you're giving up Marco Luciano. I think that's a guy I would love to part with. Not, you know, I would love to keep him, but like, I would be willing to part with him just because like me personally, I'm not super high on him, but I know other teams probably, you know, view him as Marco Luciano. So that's like what you said, like their currency, that's a guy I would be willing to use his currency.
1: I like one random last thought. We didn't really plan on talking about this, but all these call ups the last couple weeks. I mean, the Giants did seven in one day, I believe last <laughs> last week. It was crazy. Farhan so in, back. In, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> including though Luciano getting promoted up to AAA. And remind you, this kid's twenty one. He's young. Yeah. Um, and bringing up Schmidt and Bailey uh you know these young guys up to help now and luis Matos, who's also only 21 is there is there a reason why all of a sudden this is happening or do you think like this is just this is the giants timeline for this guy these guys or are they are all of them getting
2: showcased somehow i think part of it is because of how impactful it was in may like when they caught lightning in the bottle with Schmidt and, and Bailey and they yeah. saw what it can do. Like it's it single. Those guys like in a large way turn their season around. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, they're struggling now, but I think that's part of it where they're like, OK, we have a pretty average roster. We don't have a lot of big names. Let's get some of these exciting prospects in here, generate some buzz, maybe catch lightning in a bottle. And then also part of it, I think, is that's their philosophy. Um, you know, developmentally, I think once you reach a certain point in what you what you're able to show, I think you can move pretty quickly, as we've seen. So I think it's a little bit of both, just you know, they, they want that spark, but at, at the same time, like, you know, they're comfortable moving guys pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, and I, I think I mean it's it's been proven, it's not just with the Giants, but it's with a lot of teams you call it the, you know, these prospects, it, it, it does take the, you know, the, the league, uh, you know, 10 mm-hmm. to 10 to 14 days to, okay. So where's this guy's hole in his swing? You know, I mean, it happens all the time. I Ellie mean, Dela Cruz. I mean, he just went through an over 16 slump and yeah. and he was lighting the world on fire, hit a home run today. So he'll probably, <laughs> he'll probably, he'll probably catch fire again now, but yeah. So we, we talked about bringing these guys up and generating that buzz and, you know, kind of picking up the roster a, a little bit, like, you know, Mike Yastrzewski said, you know, about a month ago saying, no, when these young guys come up, you know, it it brings the best out out of us too. It makes us play a little harder and play, play a little quicker. So, so yeah, I I think that's a big, big part of it too. You know, giving these guys a bit of a call up, but I, I don't know. I I, I do in a way think it's like, you want to show these other teams like, okay, we'll give you like a little two week, you know, you know, sample of what this guy can do at in high A or double A or, triple a just you know the trade deadline's coming up so in, in case you're looking at them, you know we want to show you but the the funny one was we're get, yeah, getting sideways here but reggie crawford i think he made what <laughs> he, he made like two starts in san jose or like two or three and he and he, he got called
2: up to that, to, to was, a. that was a bizarre move um, yeah i first of all i was very confused by it and then like i talked to You know people who are also on the beat who cover the team more extensively than me, and they were they had no they were like I don't understand what's going on. Uh, There there were a lot. Most people were like I don't understand this at all. But I I guess maybe you're making room for your first round pick this year. But I don't know if he's going to start there. Um, He he, he did he was injured and he didn't. Make a ton of starts. He he he's on an innings limit. He pitched like they kind of Eugene babied him, yeah. Or yeah. two, and so far they're doing that in in Eugene. But I don't really get it. But yeah, maybe they could offer him more opportunity and more of a support system that is better suited for him. I don't know, but it was very head scratching. I did. We were a little confused by that.
0: Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just me. That's good.
2: Yeah, it was a few people <laughs> who were like, "What?" Okay. Oh, that was fast. He's yeah. on his way. He's knocking on the door. Let's go. For, call him up and next year. <laughs> well,
1: like we said, before we wrap, uh Shumari, yeah, Taylor covers uh, Bay Area sports for NBC Sports at Bay Area. Taylor, you had an article come out on the 13th. So it was, it was about a week and a half ago. And um, at the time, the Giants were 49 and 41. They were a half game up on the Phillies, as you know, in the article. Um, And you made four bold predictions and uh, just kind of wanted to talk about that for a little bit and and uh, get your thoughts on it.
2: Yeah, um, basically, to to summarize, you know, I kind of went in chronological order and they're not super bold. Um, My first one was that I think the Giants will trade for a front of the rotation starter, which I think Mm you know, we, we've already touched on, and I think, you know, it would not be that surprising. So I don't know how bold that is. Uh, The next one was Casey Schmidt was going to get sent down Um, again. He's proving that that's a not so bold prediction and maybe, (laughs) you know, that's pretty obvious. Um, And then another one that I still think is possible is that um, I think the giants can be that number one wildcard team. We saw after the break, they got hot, and the D-backs came down to earth. The Marlins, I think, are frauds. Um, you can't be, you know, one of the top teams in the league. They were the number two team in the National League and had a negative run differential. Like, that just doesn't make sense. That's crazy. Um, so I still think that's possible. The Giants could be the number one wild card spot. And then the last one aged like milk in the span of a week. Um, <laughs> the last one was that, you know, Logan Webb, Logan Webb will win the Cy Young, which – Again, this is a bold prediction. Uh, That was bold when I wrote it, and at the time, he was, you know, he was a top ten pitcher. He was probably like a the fifth best pitcher in the National League, if we're being fair. Yeah, maybe top four. But like, obviously, had the worst start of his career, so maybe Mm -hmm. I I jinxed that. Um, But he's still the number one in innings pitched, I think, and he's still Mm -hmm. top five in a lot of categories. So again, it's not out of the realm of possibility but that was my boldest prediction and technically i'm still kind of sticking by it even though i don't fully believe it because it's a bold prediction but you know i i think that one uh is still possible despite what happened this week
1: i don't completely disagree with you i huh. i think that well first of all guys have bad outings and yeah. that one just happened to be like historically bad for him as an individual pitcher but it's not like the national league has dudes that are, there's not like 10 to 12 right now that are putting up like side dominant years. I like, I still think I I heard something earlier. I think like Logan Webb was like fourth or fifth predicted before that start as like the NL Cy Young option. Mm -hmm. I mean, if he goes out in his next three starts, he goes six, seven per and gives up two earned in each start. Like he might be right back in it. He's, he's very much, uh, you know, uh, he could be right back in that. So I, d- I'm with you. Don't don't uh, don't go, don't go falling off the cliff yet. But maybe it's a great time to like bet that now because probably paid a lot more than a week That's ago. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> nah, t- Taylor.
0: it's, 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 it's well, we know Logan Webb's pretty active on Twitter. He probably read your article and said, "Oh shit, yeah. I've step my, step, <laughs> step my shit up." And, and the, yeah, it's just one of those starts where you know dudes are falling off every pitch, and he gets frustrated, and yeah. Don't don't waffle too hard on that because it's still out there. It's still out there.
2: And like the, I was looking at the the Cy Young candidates, and off the top of my head, it's I guess like Zach Gallen, maybe Spencer Strider, Spencer
1: Strider, yeah,
2: Blake mm-hmm. Snell's in there. I think that I that smells fishy to me, but it we're past the days of like Kershaw winning it with a one point eight ERA or Verlander yes. and um, mm-hmm. Cole, you know, with a one point like. We're, no one's pitching that low of an ERA, so it's just no. like kind of up for anyone until someone makes a run. So
0: hey, it, man, you never know. You got Yureas uh, is down this year. Alcantara's down this year. Corbin Burns is down. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's out there. It's it's out there. It's in the air. Yeah. Str- like
1: Strider's ERA. It, I I may be wrong on this. Last I saw it was probably two three weeks ago. His ERA is like in the mid threes he just strikes hella dudes out mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's Spencer Strider. I mean, yeah. um, so it's not like it, it's a, that's perfect point. It's not like he's got a two sub two ERA and is striking out 250 dudes in the season. It's how dominant are you in particular starts? And so, um, that, uh, that could help Logan Webb over the next two months. I mean, he's getting laid into games most of the time. Um, and yeah, so it'll be interesting to see just like the next week's gonna be interesting to see with this deadline. I'm, uh, really anxious to see what the Giants can do uh, for too sure. too quiet so. right now.
2: It is too quiet.
1: Yeah, usually we might see like a move or two. Like it's it's a week before pretty much now. And, you know, you, sometimes you'll see like a big move a week before and it kind of just offset. It's like an earthquake. The aftershocks of smaller mm-hmm. moves start happening. Nothing's happened yet. And but it's like you said, the, the impact though of the three wildcard teams, there's more teams in contention. I like – does the trade deadline get a little dampened down by having so many wildcard options
2: now? What uh, this might be a dumb question. Was were there three last year? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I think it was last the first year. year of it, right? Yeah, yeah it was it first was, year. It was, yeah, last year, last yeah. year popped off pretty well. At, yeah. the at the deadline. Um, so I think True. it's just it's suspiciously quiet, and I think it's going to probably explode here in the next few days. I I, I, I hope so because I love the trade that it's so much fun. Yeah. Oh yeah,
1: for sure.
0: It's it's the best thing. I have I haven't put my alerts on for like Morosi and
2: all the all those
1: passing. guys. Yeah, it passed Passing's in. Got a broken back,
2: yeah. did you do that? Yeah. Yeah. poor guy. Maybe that's yeah. why it has been so quiet. He's just been out of commission.
1: <laughs> Stuff's happening, guys. I just did yeah. a lot of paid right now. <laughs>
0: Sorry, Morosi Mar- yeah, passing uh, Rosenthal and for, for, for mostly giant stuff. Barry and Bob, if if you don't know him, yes. So yeah, and Bob and then Bob Nightingale, if you want all the opposite information.
2: Yeah, I would say that. I would, I would rank those, you know, maybe like Passin, uh Rosenthal, Morosi Barry Abob, Bob Nightingale. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> same here. Same here. No
1: John Heyman, guys?
2: No. Uh, uh, no. Not, not, <laughs> not anymore. Kidding, kidding. Yeah. Taylor, before we... – we... oh, no, go ahead. ahead. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, go ahead. No, you're you
1: know, I going to say, before we let you go, do you have anything uh, you, you're working on that you want to promote or plug?
2: Um – right now no i'm i'm just kind of filling in on giants coverage um at this point like what we do at nbc a lot of us on the news desk are covering all sports so we're, right now we're kind of gearing up for training camp in the nfl um yeah but we have our hands kind of in everything so just keep an eye out hopefully you know should have some some columns coming out here pretty soon and um i'll be on for for giants coverage so just you know th- kind of the same old for me but yeah definitely definitely keep uh, reading and checking things out
0: sweet
1: awesome man well we appreciate your time uh we know you're a busy guy so thanks for coming on again you can follow him on twitter at worth that's w-i-r-t-h t as in tommy m as in maniac i don't know uh <laughs> but yeah hey, uh, thanks for coming on taylor uh we'll wrap here rob good talking to you brother as always so for episode one hundred and six, say hey podcast for Doug, Rob, and Taylor. Thanks, go Giants, and start freaking winning some games again, <laughs> and don't get swept. No,
2: no more. Say hey, say who, say say hey, say who, swinging at the plate, say hey.